Hello, friends. Welcome to the Online Pastor Podcast, a place for you to discover faith and explore what it means to follow Jesus, experience God, and navigate life as a person of faith. My name is Amanda, and I am your host and Bible mentor, and I am excited to be on this journey with you. Welcome back as we really dive in today to our series on singleness, and I want to start off by correcting some of what I consider the biggest pet peeves of mine when we talk about singleness in the church, and that is this language that we use, are you called to singleness or called to marriage? And I just don't see that anywhere in scripture. So we're going to get started while we frame this conversation, I think, with a broader lens and hopefully grounded uh, even more deeply in who Jesus is and who he calls us to be. So let's get started. Okay, so I am starting out our series in a biblical perspective from a biblical passage because I want to readjust, or maybe even if I can say unlearn some language that I hear oftentimes in the church when it comes to singleness. I have been asked this myself, even I would say by people who are trained in ministry and scriptural study. And I think, yeah, I think that we just need to stop and ask ourselves, is this actually what is being said? So I oftentimes will get asked, do you feel called to be single? And... I always feel torn up because I want to be like, no, I don't feel called to be single because that's the answer to the question. But also that is not a good question because nowhere are we ever in the Bible talking about God's call to be single. I know where people get it from. It's from Paul's discussion in 1 Corinthians 7. Now, I don't want to read the whole passage because it's quite big. Uh, But I would encourage you to go do that yourself. And so uh, I'm going to touch on verses specifically that apply to singleness and more so to some of this discussion that's happening around marriage and singleness, which are not grounded when you understand this passage. So one one of these discussions are, are you called to be married or are you called to be single? Now, these words, quote unquote, come out of this passage, but the question does not. Actually, that phrase even, called to be married or called to be single, you will see that we are never called into marriage or called into singleness. We are only ever called to God. We are simply called to follow Christ. I'm going to repeat that. We are never called, if you read this passage, into marriage or called into singleness. We are simply called to follow Christ. And I want to look at verse, if you look at verse 17 of 1 Corinthians 7, this word called is the same word that is used in Romans 8. Those he foreknew, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. This is Romans 8. And this is referring to our call to be made into Christ's image. So I'll mention for you 1 Corinthians 7 verse 17. Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them, right? Verse 18, was a man already circumcised when he was called? So this is getting at the Lord's call to follow him or to come closer to him. 
Then if you look down in verse 20, each one should remain in the condition in which he or she was called. Then verse 24, so brothers, in whatever condition each was called, let him remain with God. Now, the reason that this discussion around calling is important is because the editors, if you look in your Bible, and I'd encourage you to do so, have divided up the verses here. But I actually believe that the concept of remaining, okay, remaining in whatever condition is crucial to our understanding of call. Because the word in the Greek can also be translated as to wait or to tarry or to remain, but with a sense of expectancy. It also actually can be translated as abide, which is the same word that Jesus uses in John 15 when he tells his disciples to abide in him. Paul is not saying in 1 Corinthians 7 that your social status or your economic status will change when you follow Christ, and nor should you expect it to change. But he does say that you will change in whatever status you are. So in other words, don't seek to change where you are because Christ will meet you there. And when he does, the most important thing is to remain where you are with him, to abide in him. Do not seek to change your position, status, social or economic. Seek him to change you in whatever position he found you in. This is the call of Christ on your life. I'll repeat that. Do not seek to change your position, but seek him to change you in your position, whatever that is, economic, if we're going to talk contextually, it's like masters, slaves, etc. But if we're going to talk about social status, yeah, married or single, okay? And this is also in context of the passage, right? Because Paul is addressing uh, sexuality in the church here. The call is to Christ, not a call to marriage or to singleness. Now, another conversation that is happening around the idea of gift of marriage or gift of singleness, I recently read an article titled, If Singleness is a Gift, Why Don't I Feel Like It? I love that because did you notice if singleness is a gift? And then did you also notice the importance of how I feel about it makes it whether it's a gift or not? Now, let's look at verse 6 of, of 1 Corinthians 7. This is where Paul writes, Now is a concession, not a command, I say this. I wish that all were as myself I am, but each has his own gift from God, one of a kind and one of another kind. There is no other way to interpret this. Each state, single or married, is a gift. Marriage is a gift. Singleness is a gift. And I know personally, but also having sat with people, there's a large portion of us who don't feel like being single is a gift. And then there are those who are married who also don't feel like it's a gift and maybe feel like less free to to express that. But I think it's important we don't buy into this cultural assumption, like this article said, that our feelings establish our truth. The Bible is where we find our truth. And the truth and the framework and the worldview is stated here. Each state, marriage or singleness is a gift, not a calling. We are called to Christ. Whether we feel it or not, marriage and singleness is a gift. And there's important implications for further misunderstanding that's happened in the church. And I think it's really important 
why we have to emphasize marriage and singleness is not a calling. It is a gift. So that means, first of all, neither state can be earned. Marriage or singleness is not earned. And I have to say this because I have been told by people that if I am single, I should use the time to work on myself. And basically then when I'm done, I'll be ready for marriage. Now, the encouragement is well-intentioned, and I think it actually is wise to figure out who I am, how God has made me, what he's calling me to do with my life, how he's gifted me. But the second part, and my worry in a, in a comment like that, is that marriage isn't earned. It becomes something, I've seen this with a lot of singles, where it feels like you have to earn it by working on yourself, and singleness becomes a sort of punishment of unending purgatory. So let's be careful with comments like that because Paul's really clear here. Marriage isn't earned, it's given. Singleness is also not earned, it's given. And I'm going to say this also having watched someone very dear to me recently become widowed, that does not it does not feel like a gift losing a spouse. But the gift has been given, and so now it's about discovering it. So marriage is a gift and therefore handle with care. Singleness is a gift. Handle with care. And so both states, I need to believe this and stand in this truth that a father who gives good gifts to his children has intention with each of these states of being. It is true. And I think that's why Paul explains, particularly as it comes to singleness, that there's something in verse 32 about what how singleness particularly is a gift. I would like you to be free from concern, Paul writes, an unmarried man or woman is concerned about the Lord's affair, how he can please the Lord. But a married man or woman is concerned with the affairs of this world, how he can please his spouse, and the interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned with the Lord's affair. His, her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned with the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. There is a unique gift in singleness about being able to be all for the Lord. We are going to talk about some of the implications of that. I'm going to say benefits and also some of the pitfalls of just watching what it means to steward this season of being all for the Lord. And the ESV in this verse talks about to secure your undivided attention to the Lord. The Greek word Um, implies the anxiety and care. This is time for you and God alone with no other responsibility, care, or people entrusted to you. And Paul's encouragement is to use this time. In David's words, a single-minded pursuit of the Lord, the ability to focus on God alone with no other responsibilities is a gift. And I know this is true. It's been true in my experience. It is true in my experience. Not that at times I always feel it's true, but when I choose to trust that it's true, surrendering what I feel, then I'm able to kind of find myself re-receiving the gift because I can accept it and also trust the Father that he's given it as a good gift for this season. And then it allows me actually to share my gift with other people. Now, what do I mean by that? I think one of the main gifts for me as a single female, and then I'll talk about single female pastor in a second, but I am able to be part of other people's families in a way that 
married people just it doesn't happen I just get kind of incorporated in like just this week I went with a family to the beach we hung out for two hours over dinner and I got to do that now if I had my own family I would not be able to do that I think particularly as a pastor, it has allowed me into community at a very more intimate level than if I was, you know, you have a family over and suddenly people feel like they're putting on a dinner when you have a single over. It feels like, well, we're just like one extra, you know, plate around the table and people are, I feel like less and less inclined to put on a good show when you just have a single over. And so it has been a real gift for me. So just to wind down this episode, some food for thought. I think I'd encourage you actually to check in on how your phrasing has been used in the past. Do you talk about being called to be single or, or do you feel called to marriage? And recognizing, please go back and read 1 Corinthians 7. Like nowhere is that found. And that is actually language that is unbiblical and confuses the issue. I think also if you are single to recognize, like, do you feel like this is a gift? I mean, maybe you're married and you don't feel like it's a gift, but it's both of these things, marriage or singleness is something God has given and a father gives good gifts to his children. And so I think rethinking about like, do I let my feelings dictate what I feel about this being a gift or not? And if so, what do I need to do to recalibrate my thinking around it? So I also want to encourage you, if you are single and this is your season, this is what God has given you, to start to think about um, what might the gift of this season be that is really leaning into that you can be free to have the cares of the Lord and not the cares of responsibility of things of this world or a family or whatever that kind of rolls into. And I have some, next time I have some framework for you in which to engage on that, that I, that has just really helped me um, in understanding some of what the Lord might be inviting me into while I'm journeying with him. And so I look forward to our next episode. But in the meantime, I think just recalibrating our thinking around we are all called to Christ. That's who we're called to. And we receive gifts from our good father. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Online Pastor Podcast. Please take something away and talk to God about it. But also don't take my word for it. Grab your Bibles and spend some time with Jesus. Stay current on the next episode by hitting subscribe and also stay connected by finding us under the handle, The Online Pastor. I look forward to being with you again.